welcome to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. I'm Cheryl, and I invite you to join me on my quest to find out why are people homeschooling? How do you do it? How does it differ from region to region? And should I homeschool my kids? Stick with me as I interview homeschooling families across the country to unfold the answers to each of these questions week by week. Cunningham. Anna, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Why don't we start out by um, me asking you what even made you reach out to me? I know you described it a little bit for me in the email, but so that the listeners can hear. Yeah, so I started recently getting into podcasts over the past year, and I had been listening to like Wild and Free, and I think they're all amazing, but I just happened to put in like homeschool podcasts, and yours popped up, and I remember just sitting and listening. I'm like, it's so cool to hear the different accounts of different people and what they do because it's relatable. And so I just like was like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot my shot and I'm going to email her and see because I feel like it's so good to get so many different perspectives, especially with homeschooling for sure. Oh, I'm glad that you did. And I love hearing that because, yeah, I'm a big podcast fan, but I had only listened to a couple of homeschooling ones and not really any in-depth. Um, and there was nothing wrong with the yeah. ones that I heard, but it felt often like, oh my God, these people just sound like they know what they're doing and I don't. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of wanted to make something. Well, I did it initially just so I could hear all these different people's stories. But then I was like, well, that actually probably is nice for other people to hear that like most people don't have it figured yeah. out. And a lot of people doing the podcast are ones that have been homeschooling for 10, 20 years. And so they have been through it all. And they're not in my perspective where I'm, I'm learning it. So can you know, you learn, learn right along with me. So what even made you want to homeschool your kids? Or what makes you want to? Oh, it is a very interesting um, situation as to how I even started. So I am the youngest of five girls. And so my oldest sister is in her 40s and I'm in my 20s still. And she had kids and I was just an aunt. I didn't have any kids of my own. And her kids now are 12 and going to be 11 soon. And she homeschooled them from the get go. And I was that typical person that's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're going to homeschool your kids. They're going to be socially awkward. Do you even know what you're doing? Can you even do that? Like, I was that person. And I now look back at it. I'm like, I can't believe I did that to her because it was one of those things where, like, if you're not in it, you don't really know what it's like. So you only view homeschooling as what you've seen or maybe somebody you went to school with. And so I just grew up like in my like teens and 20s watching my sister homeschool her kids. And, you know, she said to me one time, she was like, you're going to want to do this. And I was like, in my head, I never said this to her, but I was like, I don't know if I'm going to want to do this. Um, And then my sister closest to me homeschooled her kids. And so I kind of grew up in a family that wasn't like, there was one black sheep that did something different. It was two of my sisters were homeschooling. And it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I can't believe they're homeschooling. But, you know, I was like, you know, to each their own. And then I had my son. And I had just finished my marketing degree um, at a college in Columbus. And I kind of was torn because I was like, I don't even want to have a marketing degree. Like, I'm not going to use this. And so I was like, I've always wanted to teach. And so I ended up getting my master's while my son was a newborn and teaching. And so I got my master's in teaching and I finished while pregnant with my daughter. (laughs) I remember... I finished my college degree and I got my master's. And when I finished, it was like midway through the school year. And I was very pregnant. My due date was July and I was teaching summer school. And I lived at the time in Hilliard, which is a suburb of Columbus. And I saw a lot. I saw a lot that I started to thank my sons for. Can I really put him in somewhere like this? Because I was in the depths of it. Yeah, I was, I subbed all around Columbus schools, Hilliard and Dublin. And I was like, oh my gosh, like the things I saw, but also I still had so much joy teaching 
but like I had like that pit in my stomach, which a lot of your, uh, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and I saw that like a lot of teachers have been on and it's kind of that same feeling where it's like, I will love to teach. I love to teach others, like other people's kids, but like it was sickening to think I would put mine in. And that's like really bad to say. Um, so my son was four and we were in Hilliard and I just had my daughter and I looked at my husband. And I'm like, I'm not putting him back in preschool. Like, I really don't want to. I think we should just keep him home. At the time, it was just my husband working and he's like, OK. And so it was one of those things where it was just kind of play. Like, I just did sensory stuff. I bought like those cheap workbooks at Costco and I kind of just went with the flow, even though in the back of my mind, I'm like, teacher mode is like trying to creep in. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, And then we moved back to where I'm from. And that's kind of where all was kind of real. He was five. So in 2021, we had moved. Um, And 2022, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's in the summer. It's about to be the start of a new school year and we have to send him like I still was like, I don't want to like I don't want to send him, but I feel like I have to. Mm -hmm. Um, And my husband looked at me and he was like, no, he was like, I know you don't want to. And it's more so you're scared that you'll fail him. But he was like, you need to keep him if this is what feels right to you. And so a lot of the reason was my husband. He was like he was like my biggest supporter in it all when I really doubted myself a lot. The first year that we did it, it was like preschool, so it wasn't as harsh. Um, so last year is when I started with him and I bought like the curriculum. I tried to do a schedule and it was one of those things where I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the opposite. <laughs> you know, I went like, teacher mentality I know that I've talked to a few people and I'll be like no my first year was really bad like uh, a lot of tears so many tears Uh, like from me and from my son okay because I went in like this needs to look like school this needs to look like school we need to have a schedule set down there needs to be a specific room that we do school in and we need to do it from this time to this time because that's all I knew And so I remember my husband come home a lot of the days and he was like, are you okay? I'm like, no, this is like really hard. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And so that summer, um, I completely went away from any type of book work and I really worked with unit studies and I took the, you know, traditional sit down out of the equation and we just went full in on anything he wanted me to do. He would ask me, I would ask him one simple question. What do you want to learn about? And he would give it to me and I would be like, okay, I'm going to find something for this. And I realized how much I loved it. I just needed to take the pressure off myself. And that's when we kind of just pulled the plug and said, we're not sending in. And this year is technically his kindergarten year. And it has been completely different. It was, it's been amazing. I wouldn't change it. I don't regret making the choice, but yeah. That's pretty much in a nutshell. It was very up and down, up and down. But yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And I think that will resonate with a lot of people because like even for myself, you know, I talk to people all the time about how, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, or you you can do this unschooling approach. Like you said, what are you interested in today? And that's kind of what you go for. But um, you still have, we have so many years of like indoctrination that it's got to be done in the certain room during the certain times and with the certain books, or we feel like we're failing our kids or are scared to fail our kids. So we push that. And yeah, we've had a lot, most days there is, in my house, like there is some form of like, okay, if you'd rather go to school, I'll drive you down there right now. Or (laughs) you have to learn one way Uh, or another. So it's going to be at the school or it's going to be here. What do you want? Or, you know, it's just yelling like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Um, Yep. That was me today. That was me today for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I know that there are 
parents out there that have homeschooled for 10, 20 years that are like, stop, you don't need to do that. It doesn't have to be that way. But I think you have to go through that stuff. And your kid does a little bit too to like just kind of be, I mean, they wouldn't want to be in a school desk either. You know, for if you were sending them to school, they're not going, there are going to be most days that they were like, I don't want to get up this morning. I don't want to get on the bus this morning. I don't want to go to school this morning. So it's like nobody, what do we want to do? We want to just, if you could do anything, would you just sit on the couch all day and stare at the TV? Well, that's quickly going to get old and it's not going to be good for us. So there's just no way that you can always do what you feel like doing all the time. But when you actually do something that's hard, you are rewarded in the end and it's more beneficial to us. So I think, you know, the learning how to read and that sort of stuff, it, it is one of those things. If your kid especially isn't someone that likes to sit and just, you know, do what they're told or, you know, you try to make it as interesting as you can. But, and I know most parents are like, give them more breaks, give them more breaks. But it's like, well, if something's yeah. supposed to take an hour and every five minutes I'm taking a 10 minute break, um, <laughs> It's just going to take yeah. eight hours to get through this one little thing. So It's going to be a school day. It's right. going to be a normal school day. This saying I always say to my son, it's not as frequent anymore. I mean, he just turned six. and I feel like the jump from five to six is like, whoa. Like they comprehend a lot more and they kind of know their boundaries at that point once you've homeschooled for a year. So they're like, okay, I know what I'm going to get away with and I know what I won't get away with. But a lot of the time I'll be like, I taught in schools. Would you like me to tell you your entire school day? I can write it out for you. And you would sit majority of the time and you would get recess for only 20 minutes. And his jaw immediately dropped. And he's like, nope, I'm going to homeschool. Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this and I, whole thing. <laughs> it's very hard if your kid has never experienced school either. Like my son did go to a three-day-a-week pre-K. So okay. I'll say to him, like, do you remember going there last year, right? Do you want to do that every single day though this year and all day long? And he'll be like, no, but at least he, <laughs> it, he doesn't have to trust me that that's what it, he remembers. But my daughter, yeah. she'll never experience that. So she's just got to be like, well, okay. what am I missing out on? And can I trust that? I wouldn't be happier there. And um, it's very hard. There's no right way to do it there so isn't. it's just kind of going through and seeing what works and try to make the minimal amount of tears possible but I do I I agree with you that um well my son's still five but it is so much easier now a couple months in than when we started so I can only imagine yeah. that once he turns six and the comprehension is there and once he learns how to read it is going yeah. to be much easier um it's hard. And you have a little girl too, right? Yep, I sure do. She's my wild child. Most people know her through my Instagram because I post her like just to like encourage people like it's okay. Everybody has those days. And I have a lot of them since she's turned two where <laughs> I'm like trying to occupy her and then try to do school. And so I tell everybody like even I've talked with my sister, I'm like, I have like a rhythm down. And then within a month, I have to change it. I have to like keep going, like try something different or work with her schedule and her nap schedule. And so she honestly, though, I know there's like a pretty big controversy about like when people say boys are just different. And if anybody knows that turn true, I believe that like wholeheartedly. There was a book I read, um, The Mind of Boys. And it was one of those ones where they looked at like scans of their brain and how different they truly are. And my son, majority of the time is on the couch doing school. He does not want to sit for me for very long periods of time. But yet my daughter, who's two, will sit at a chair during his entire book working session and just sit there and color at a piece of paper. Like she won't even get up. And it's like, okay, this is going to be so easy when you come up and you actually want to sit there and do stuff it won't be as challenging for me to have to like make games up for activities to keep you occupied (laughs) yeah I (laughs) I know I'd love to tell that to the people that can't define a woman or a man well (laughs) I know brain activity is one way (laughs) but yeah my son is the same he is 
up and down and here and there and like off in la la land and um i <laughs> it's crazy uh the difference it's and, so crazy yeah my daughter's just over a year now so it's okay um it has been a little hard balancing the two yeah. but for the most part she's actually fairly decent when i i uh one of my guests had told me to take all the toys and put them in bins so there's like a bin marked one and a bin marked two i got five of them and bin one comes out when we go do our schoolwork, and so she'll be going through that and of course my son then wants to get out and play <laughs> i'm like no <laughs> exactly wait, wait till you break, break but it gives her something to do and then you know either at the end of the day or the next day we'll wrap up that bin put it away and take out a new bin so it's like all new toys uh, you know, for the next day. So she will do okay. But it, it's like, it goes for like 20, 25 minutes that everyone's doing all right. And that it's like all hell breaks loose. This one needs to eat. That yep. one's got to go to the bathroom. The, you know, the book that I ordered from the library didn't come in this pack. So now we got to find something <laughs> else. <laughs> so. I actually watched another, um, it's a family friend's child and he is the same age pretty much as my daughter. And there are days when I have my sister's um, daughter and she's four or going to be four. So there's a lot of the times where I have once a week that I have four kids in my house. And that was yesterday. And I every day I have all four of them. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't even sit down. I can't even make lunch. And so I actually did the bin thing that you're talking about. But I like labeled it like I have a lot of like manipulatives from when I taught. And so like, I'm like, you get one bin, all of you sit at the table, you get one bin. And when you're done with it, you'll all clean it up and you can get a different bin. So that I'm not like chasing them because they run through my house, super imaginative play. But at some point it gets to be so loud in here that I'm like, my husband will come home when they're all still here. And he's like, I don't know how you do this. I yeah. don't know how you do this. <laughs> now, what is a manipulative? So kind of like the stacking blocks, anything that they use with their hands. So like I even use magnetiles as a manipulative, like um, the links, if you've seen those, yeah. anything that's going to keep their eye, you use them a lot in math. And I just had a lot of different like stacking cubes. And so it really, even my daughter, she plays it with it, honestly, more than my son does. <laughs> She's like a child that just needs to figure things out. And so it has occupied her so much since we did the bin thing. So I don't have to keep cleaning up and cleaning up. <laughs> yeah, that's I should add more stuff like that in there. I'll have to look up online and see what other things we have. We have the links, but that was more for like when she was a baby and we wanted to hang a toy close yeah. to her. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. I should add more stuff yeah. like that. Uh, so, and it's funny what you were saying in the very beginning about your sisters and their homeschooling, because I've talked before about, you know, my sister, she was married at age 20 and had four kids all in her 20s and was a stay-at-home mom. And they went to school, but I was still like, you're a stay-at-home mom. Well, like, what are you doing yeah. with your life? <laughs> and just like you said about yourself, until you're there, you know, yeah. I and I totally blame society and our culture on why I thought that way. And from the shows that I watched, like Friends or yeah. Sex in the City, that were very female, um, high career type characters, you know, made and, and I went to school, but it wasn't like I went to school for anything that I dreamed of being. I mean, I became a, a civil service employee, I literally just <laughs> sat at a cubicle for 15 years. And it is still very hard for me to grasp with quitting the uh, government work because you're like promised this pension and stuff and you know, easy access to health care, quote unquote, health care. I mean, we got, yeah. you say unhealth care, but you know, if there were ever a car accident or something, at least I know I'd, I'm not going to leave the hospital with bills because, you know, we have health care, but that stuff is scary to let go of. And how was that for you going from, I mean, you had a master's degree, you went to school for a long time. Yeah. I think it was, it was one of those things where when I had my son and I got the marketing degree, 
I like kind of knew after I got my marketing and my bachelor's in marketing that I was like, man, this is really not what I want to do. Like I want to do prosthetic medical sales. And then when I had him, I'm like, I can't do that. That's so much travel. And deep down, I was like, this isn't really what I wanted to do. I had always worked in a daycare, like in freshman year of college, I worked in a daycare the entire time. And it was, it brought me so much joy. And I wish I would have just got my teaching degree right then and there. So I could have had time. Um, But the hard part was, is I didn't actually get my own classroom. I made the choice to homeschool before I even got a teaching job. So I subbed a year, two years while I got my teaching degree. And so it gave me access inside of not just one school. So that's why I feel like my account's a little different than most teachers is that they're in one school in one district for so many years. And then they're like, have the kids. And they're like, we don't want them in here. With me, I've seen so many districts. I thought maybe one would be different. Maybe Dublin, who has a more higher class population, would be different than inner city Columbus. And it wasn't. Do you suffer from anxiety like I do? I'm pretty sure we all do at this point. Have you seen the news lately? I've been looking for healthy ways to deal with my anxiousness and found just the thing. I was searching for a company that I could work with that made clean organic products for things that I would buy normally at Walmart or the local grocery store. I don't want to support these big corporations anymore. So I went on a search to find a company that could provide me with products that I feel confident giving my family, are made in the USA, and that I would buy anyways. Earthly Wellness is that company. I've been using their anxiety relief for nervousness and anxious feelings, which is made up of St. John's wort, ashwagandha root, chamomile flowers, catnip leaf, ooh, that sounds fun, and lavender buds. For $12, you get equal to 600 drops, and I really feel like it's helped my body to calm down and improve my mood without all the unwanted side effects of prescription drugs. Their anxiety relief naturally supports hormones like cortisol while reducing feelings of stress and anxiety, and I've definitely noticed a difference. Earthly Wellness has a long list of items that I would recommend to you guys, but I do like to test out the products before I do that. I'm currently waiting for their mineral deodorant, their laundry detergent, cough be gone for lung health and coughs, their green powder, which is a supplement that combines traditional greens with green tea and nutrient-rich herbs for energy and wellness. It's full of vitamins and minerals, and these come in capsule or powder form. I'm also waiting on their good night lotion, which is a magnesium lotion. My son has the worst foot cramps at night. He's been suffering with this for years, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how well this works for him. And Earthly Wellness also has a whole line of homeschooling products. You've got to check out their website and see all the amazing products that are available and at really good prices. And I'd like to give you 10% off of your first order. Grab the link from my show's description or at thehomeschoolhowto.com under listener discounts, you can click on Earthly Wellness. This lets them know that I sent you. And if you want 10% off of your first order, use customer code homeschoolhowto, all one word. Again, you can get the link in my show's description and use homeschoolhowto at the checkout or head on over to my website, thehomeschoolhowto.com and under listener discounts, find the Earthly Wellness link and use code homeschoolhowto at checkout. What were the kids maybe a little bit more respectful Totally. But did I still have a lot of things that I saw? And it was like, oh, my gosh, it, it doesn't matter where you're at. It's just the system. And so it wasn't hard for me to leave because I hadn't gotten that teaching job. Like I hadn't applied or anything because like I just knew in my gut that it, I wasn't going to do it. And it was one of those things where it was like you go back around and you're like, then like what my sister said, it reminded me, oh, my gosh, I had so many feelings about her homeschooling. And now I'm about to make the choice to do it myself. And I was just like, wow, you almost feel bad, like, because it's a family member. And it's like, well, I'm teaching in public school. And I think that your kids should go. And then it was like, man, you were right all along. I should have just listened to you. And she has always been super supportive. We never, you know, we respected each other's views, even when I didn't agree with my two sisters. But now it's like we all homeschool and we have one sister, only one that doesn't. But it wasn't hard to leave because I hadn't even started. I just got to see what it was like inside that system, I think is the biggest benefit for me because I was able to be like, okay, is this something I want to put my kids in? And it definitely was not. So it's one of those things where I, though, 
don't agree with all of the public education system. Being inside is different, but I will say there are so many great teachers, but unfortunately, because of that system, it burns them out so bad. And unfortunately, that's what's happening. Can you give some examples? I mean, I know we probably all have ideas in our head of what you're referencing, but. Um, there, one of the things that really hit me was that it was during COVID. So I started in 2019 and I subbed in 2020. So I subbed during COVID. And so I got to see a lot of went down during those times, um, when the schools came back in. And the biggest thing was that the amount of disrespect towards me, um, that I had from kids, I went into a fifth grade classroom which I'm not tall. I'm like 5'2", maybe. And these kids came into the class. I'll never forget this. I called my husband crying at lunch. And I was like, they walked into class and they were like, where's my teacher? We don't even see her. Where is she at? And I was standing right in front of them. And oh so God. like, that was how my day started. So they yeah, were just making they were fun big. of your height? Fifth graders? Yes. yes. Everything. Yeah. Fifth graders. They were big, but it was one of those things where it was like, okay, that was how my day started that day. And then I would read lesson plans and I would try to teach them and they would talk over me. It got to the point where the male teacher across the room had to come in because I had no control. At no point did I have control over that class. Um, It was a lot of that. There was no support even as a sub. There was no support for me. I would have pretty high discipline problems as a sub. And their best option for me was to sit them in the hallway. There wasn't any like taking them out of the class because they just didn't have people to do it. They were so low in staff that they didn't have that or a different teacher from a different class would take a child from my class to help me out, which at the time I was like, you don't need to do that. But she did. And then I didn't see the child the entire day. He just stayed with her, which at the same time, I'm like, it was one of those things where it was just like, there was a lot of staffing issues. Um, and I just, I, I just didn't think it was what it was going to be when, when I went. In. It's a lot about testing and there's not a lot of relationships you build like you would, like we did. I felt like I had amazing education, um, but it's not the same anymore. I, I love school. Like I even say I'd go back because I just enjoy it, but I wouldn't put my kids in it well, until it gets better if it gets better that old you're still in your 20s so it's like do you think just in the last decade this something has happened I think so I think COVID changed a lot okay um kids were at home and a lot of these kids probably didn't have the support they needed at home and so I think that they were neglected probably a lot more because I mean parents don't have an option they were at home, but they had to work. So those kids were just by themselves a lot of the time. And it's sad, but I think that being in school for kids that don't have a good home life, it's their safe haven. And when that was taken away and they were forced into certain scenarios or being in a home that wasn't safe for them, I think that it really changed the school system inside with, honestly, a lot of the discipline and the behavior issues you saw I think a lot of it is behavior yeah and to be honest most I do think about that you know um and even when you're talking about how you have sisters that decide to homeschool and sisters that didn't um you know I'm always cautious about how I talk about homeschooling to other people and not make it seem like you know oh I think this is the better way I think I think we've As homeschooling parents, we feel like we have to defend it because it's, it's okay for people to talk down about homeschooling. That's just been something that we, that's why we have the misconceptions that we do about it. Um, you know, oh, they're just weirdos that like, sew their own clothes. Uh, but you know, uh, but so, but I, I am, cause most of the people I know send their kids to school, like, you know, my sister's kids yeah. and friends, kids and whatnot. So I'm careful to how I word it and not to make anyone think that, you know, I'm doing this because I think it's better or whatever. But there are also circumstances where it is, 
absolutely better for a child to be in school. And like you were saying, you know, if their home environment isn't good and that's the only place that they're getting attention, um, that they have meals on the table or they're getting away from abuse. And, you know, it's awful because it's like, well, then, you know, these people shouldn't be having kids anyway, but obviously we can't control that. Exactly. You know, this is, uh, it's, it's such a light, you know, balance to kind of, to go through, but do you find that with, whether it be your sisters or other friends that you feel like, I don't know, is, is there a way that you have to approach homeschooling to not make it sound like, oh, I'm like, I'm not sending my son to school because I've seen what the schools do, but it's okay. You are, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird because I actually created a co-op and I, a lot of the moms in this co-op I had met with prior before I even created it. And it was one of those things where they were like, wow, you have a very different view on homeschooling. Because I feel like a lot of people homeschool, to be honest, fear-based, like bullying, um, shootings in school, like your kids aren't safe. And a lot of my reasons were, you know, I wasn't there in the system to create relationships as much as I was to help kids pass a test. And so there was one day I sat down with my sister and I told her, like, I, we just had a conversation and I kind of explained to her why I homeschool, because I think as a homeschooling parent, you need to know your why, Mm. because when you do get conversations between people that put their kids in public school, you have to have like your reasoning because they will put you down. It sucks, but it happens a lot more than putting us up for making the choice. Um, But I remember sitting with my sister and I told her, I said, here's my view. When I was in, everything is about tests. They have tests at the end of the year. They have tests in the middle of the year and they have to pass those tests. So a child, for instance, who is midway there, you have your levels, right? As a teacher, you differentiate your work so that the lower level kids can get it. And the higher level kids can get it without being bored or having behavior issues. And so I explained to her as you have a lower level kid who's going to get a lot of support from me because he needs it to pass a test that he needs to pass. You have that higher level kid who's going to get my attention because I'm going to have to create something for him to be able to keep him occupied and to be able to push his brain so that he's not bored. But what happens to that middle chunk of kids is that because they're flying by, there might be a section where they might struggle on. But because there's other kids that need more of my attention, because they pass that test, they get kind of overlooked and just doing the work that they need to do and getting by. But then two years later, they're in an upper grade and they can't pass a test or they're struggling in this area. Well, that's probably because two years ago, they could have gotten the help they needed. But because they were in the middle of the pack, they were overlooked. And so now two years later, they're struggling with something that could have been fixed two years ago. And so that is where I see like so many things that are wrong is because you're not helping kids just by passing tests. And so when we sat down, she was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know that. And I was like, yeah. And that's what sucks is because you as a teacher, you don't teach for the money. You right. teach for those relationships. And that was something that like was so important to me. I wanted to teach in inner city. I knew what I would get myself into, but when you become a teacher, you know, it's not for the money, you know, it's for relationships and how you're helping a child that might not have that safe place. And so when we sat down, she was like, it was, it opened her eyes a lot. So I do, you know, watch what I say because, you know, I feel like you have to. But at the same time, I will always tell somebody if homeschooling, you get into it and for you mentally, it's not healthy and you can't handle it, then send your kids to school. And I know that sounds terrible because a lot of people are like, you need to homeschool or the other people are like, why are you even doing homeschool? Like, it's not good for them. Whereas I'm kind of in the middle, like if it's not good for your child to be at home, then you just hope and pray that you get a really good teacher every single year in that system. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how I have conversated with a lot of people 
because I just don't want to bash that system where there are still good teachers, but unfortunately it's not their fault. But I also think that homeschooling is a very, very, very good option if you can do it. So Yeah. And I've never thought about that either, the way you just explained that, but that was very much what my experience was in school. Just that average kid who, you know, I wasn't acing every single test, but I was never failing anything either. So, you know, I might've wanted to be in like an advanced math course because I had some friends in it. And I remember my mom signed a waiver to get me into it. But I mean, I, I think I dropped midway through and went back to just the average one because, but it was like, you know, I don't know if, if anyone worked with me or not to, and even just to to find your interests. Like, I guess that's something that I really want to focus on with my kids. Like no one really ever asked me like, what are you interested in? Here are some ideas. Here are some things that, you know, like I did dance lessons as a kid, but I don't know, like someone just, my mother just signed me up. It's not like, you know, to, to look into like career wise. Okay. Let's find something you really like doing. And I'm looking at my nieces and nephews now who are like on the graduating or, or graduated college already and trying to look for careers. And it's, they were never given a good foundation of these are the areas you can go into what piques your interest and let's expand that further. It was kind of like, okay, as long as you're passing each test between a 75 and a 90, then just keep going. Like, don't look at us. We won't look at you, you know, like go on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I went to you know, a fairly big school and it's very diverse. And there were definitely more students, you know, other students that had bigger problems than I did. So yeah, of course the teachers yeah. don't have the time to sit with me personally to say like, Hey, do you really want to be in this math class? Maybe you just need a couple hours of one-on-one attention and we can yeah. get you where you need to be. Or, you know, what do you like doing a guidance counselor? I mean, I think our guidance counselor was like, hooking up with some of the students. I, there were multiple guidance counselors, but I so I remember one things. of them was like cheating on his wife who was also a teacher there oh. and like making weird comments to the girls on some sort of like travel club <laughs> oh trip my that gosh. they had. You always have those. Yeah. Uh, ruins no, it for I everybody. It does. But I think that that is one thing that I have learned with my son is that the most fun and the most rewarding thing is to watch him really enjoy homeschooling. And the most fun he has is when every Saturday I start asking, I started asking him this probably last year, the middle of last year, I said, what is one thing you want to learn? And I had listened to another podcast that there was, it was on wild and free and it was, I forget who it was. It was somebody that wrote a book. There's just so many of them that on there that write books. And I can't remember the name, but she talked about how she started doing that as her kids got older. Mm-hmm. And then they like dive, they like dove into that specific interest. Well, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start it with my son because I only have him that I'm really working with right now. And that has been like the highlight of our homeschooling journey because he has just like loved just he loves fish, for instance. I thought it would be one of those things where he's loved it for a little bit and then he went away from it. Mm-hmm. That is not the case. He is set since we have gotten so in-depth with fish that he's wow. going to have a fish hatchery. He is like got our barn set. He's got a pool. He's like, I'm going to sell fish. And he's six. Now, my husband oh, has a lot so to do cool. with that, too. But it's just, it's so cool to watch them actually love learning. And I think that that is like the beauty and the flexibility of homeschooling is you don't have to do everything that you feel like you need to do. Sometimes it's good to just take a step back and read books or dive into something they're interested to. I really do. I love that. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that just, you know, maybe once a week saying, what would you like to learn about? I guarantee it's going to be monster trucks or four wheelers, but that's okay. We <laughs> That's awesome. Um, they have so many Etsy units. That's where I get everything from. I just click on Etsy. 
Hello, my friends. I have one quick request for you. We are a year into this podcast now, and I said that I would do this for one year and see how it goes. But I want to know what you think. Leaving podcast reviews helps to boost our visibility in the searches. So if you could please hop on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a review for me, I would really appreciate it. I only have 36 reviews on Apple right now, and the last review was given back in August. And I know at least 200 of you listen each week. So if you could please grab the link in my show's description or just head on over to the app that you're using right now to listen to this and leave a review for me, I would be so appreciative. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the homeschool how-to over the last year and I hope you'll continue to listen. Thank you so much for your support. Some things I have to make up on my own because some of the things he tells me are very far-fetched. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm Like, he was like, I want to learn all about balloons. I want to learn how they float. I want to learn why some don't. I'm like, oh, man. Sometimes I, like, think in my head, why did I even start doing this? Because I don't know how I'm going to find so much stuff to do this with. But it has been, it's been a big blessing and it's completely changed our homeschooling, to be honest. I'm taking away the things I thought I had to do um, to appease other people. It honestly is what it is. Yeah. And you see Instagram and you're like, all of these people are doing all of these things. And I even was guilty of posting things. And I was like, wow, I don't want people to think that my days are just rainbows and butterflies all the time because they're definitely not. (laughs) Yeah. I, in fact, I want to have my Instagram be like the day in the life kind of thing. I'm just really terrible at Instagram and videos specifically. So like I've taken videos, but I don't know how to like edit them and make them into something cool to be like, Hey, we're failing too. Don't worry. (laughs) Exactly. I made a huge post because I was like, man, I just need to be real with people. Like what you see on my Instagram, I like to post it for people to see like you can do this. But I also don't want you to feel like my days aren't like crazy insane behind that picture that I showed. I mean, I have gotten a lot more, a little bit more following because of my co-op, but I also don't want to be that person around specifically our area where I live. It's like, oh my gosh, she does all of these things. I need to do all of these things. When in reality, I do not do all those things all the time. It's a hard time. balance. <laughs> it is. And yeah, I yeah. probably should be on Etsy and, and Pinterest and uh, Instagram more for that stuff. Um, yeah. Because in the episode that I released with, um, she's a Scottish lecturer. Uh, it she was talking about creativity and I always talk about how like, I'm not creative. I can't really see myself as a homeschool mom because I'm not creative. But what she talked about is having something with our hands, whether you're an adult or a child and you create it, you know, just say like a Christmas ornament or something, you're, you're working on it. It doesn't matter what it looks like or what it comes out as, but you see a finished product and there are um, like bursts of dopamine in your brain that you know, unleash just because you've created something. So then when you think about the higher level to that, like on my husband's employment, you know, he does commercial HVAC where he's like, uh, working on, you know, chillers on for operating rooms, you know, so he must, that's why he must just be happy. Um, I've never known it, but, and that's why I never had it with my sitting in a cubicle under fluorescent light job, you know, I didn't have any sort of dopamine receptors popping off, but it, it totally like brought everything full circle for me. Like, Oh, that's why we do crafts. It's to work on something and have a finished product because little by little it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. And like your son doing a hatchery. I mean, that's, that's a project right there. Yeah. So it does, it has these amazing benefits to their brain. And now I see the benefit in it and I'm going to work harder at doing it. <laughs> it's worth it. I mean, the messes I, for our co-op tomorrow, we have class and we're making like, I made fake snow. And so every Wednesday, the kids know like, oh, we have to experiment for mom's class on, on Thursday. So today was fake snow. And like, it was amazing in the moment playing with all the snow, but the cleanup afterwards, I was like, it's worth it. I just keep telling myself they had so much fun. And it was my, on my drive to my sister's house, she was like, uh, Jeremiah, my son was like, oh my gosh, that was, and we had the best day today. I'm so happy that we homeschooled. Do you get those like little sports where like, it's like what your mom heart needs because it's yeah. like that. It makes you like, it makes your heart full. Like, okay, I, I made the right choice. Like it, he, they really do love it. 
Yeah. Uh, but my biggest concern was like the social aspect because I was more of a hermit crab and didn't want to leave the house with kids. And I got to watch my sister who home- has homeschooled for a f- uh, quite a while now. And sh- she had this group of friends that like they grew up, all of their kids grew up together. And still to this day, they they are always around each other. Their kids have created these bonds. And I was like, man, I really want that for my son. And I just, I don't know how to do it. And it was one of those things where it was like, that's like kind of what I was missing. And so I created um, a homeschool co-op and it has been the best thing. I guess I didn't realize how important community was. I always knew my sister had her group um, who were very close knit, but when you actually get in and co-ops aren't for everybody, but when I actually got in, and started to deep dive and create relationships. I'm like, wow, I was totally, that's like the missing like puzzle piece. Like I needed other moms who thought like me, who supported me and like we're all have always, this year has been our first year. They're always there. And it has been something that I didn't even know I needed. So it's been amazing. That it's is been so really cool. cool. Well, congratulations yeah. to you. So how did you, I mean, how often does it meet? What, what, how many families are involved and what do you do at it? Just for anybody who might so, want to start one themselves. Yeah. I actually have had a lot of people reach out, like interest, like, how did you do this? And, you know, I don't know if you believe in God. I've listened to some of your podcasts, but it was one of those things where I had thought about it two years prior and I just, you know, I just never like went for it. And we had moved to a town that I used to, that I grew up in pretty much. And I just felt a pull to do it. And I had met with a mom that was interested in homeschooling. I met her at a coffee shop and we just sat down and we talked. She was, her kids were in public school. um, And she was like, I just want the best for them. And after that conversation, she had asked me, like, are you going to like, are you going to do a co-op? Because I had mentioned it. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know who would be interested in it. I don't even know if there'd be enough people. And she looked at me and she said, you need to do this. There are so many people that would benefit from what you want to do. And from that day on, like, I am so thankful for her because she and my husband kind of had always lit that fire in me to start it um and so from that point on I spoke at a couple like small gatherings of moms interested in homeschooling and what I didn't realize is those moms that came to those like question and answer sessions were the moms that were going to make up my co-op they believed in me enough even when I didn't believe in myself they constantly put the belief that I could do what I wanted to do and my idea that I had and I'm like forever grateful for them And so I met them through Q&As. And so we started in the fall with 16 families. It was 21 kids. So I had five, they had to be five and older. And so I had, of the five and older, I had 21 kids. Wow. And it was like a classroom. And it was one of those things where I didn't know how much I missed teaching until I got to do it again. And so we meet weekly. Yeah, it's crazy. They like filled my cup to where I like am sad when we have to take a winter break or something because I'm like, oh, I missed this. And it's different when your kid's in the class and you get to teach them too. Um, But we meet weekly and I'm the only one that teaches as of right now. I wanted it to be easy for the moms. I wanted to create a community, which it has been one of those things that has never been forced. I think sometimes with co-ops, you can be, you almost feel forced into doing it because everybody's like, you need to join one. Like you need to just put them in, like they need to make friends. But in reality, there's a lot of co-ops that might not work for every family. Mm -hmm. And a lot of co-ops are open registration. I don't know if you've looked into any, but a lot of them are like, Hey, this is our co-op. Our registration opens here. Um, sign up and um, we start in the fall. If we have spaces, we'll email you. Whereas mine is very different. I interview potential families. And then I see if they fit in with what I'm doing. And if I think that they'll fit with the group, because I never want to bring somebody in that's going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're all so loving. And it's just one of those things where, you know, when you find the right people, even if it's one person, the amount um, that they can give to you in your homeschooling journey is amazing. 
I always tell, I always tell my sister, I'm like, I'm so thankful that I got to watch you before I had to do it. Because (laughs) I, even when I didn't agree, like I got to see what you did. And I now like, every time I tell her that, like, she's like, what? I'm like, I got to see you homeschool your girls. And like, throughout that entire time, you had moms who supported you and you supported them. And I'm like, that's what I wanted. And every time she chokes up a little bit, because she's like, I didn't know that. I'm like, well, you don't know what others are thinking. Because I'm like, that's why I created what I did, because I wanted what you had. (laughs) So so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we I did a co-op this year. Um, It like the first session was in the fall and uh, and then it'll carry again in the springtime. There, well, first of all, there's one very big co-op in our area, but it's at max capacity. There's like a hundred, either a hundred children in it or a hundred family, probably a hundred kids. It's probably two families with a hundred kids, but <laughs> no, exactly. well, Christian, no, exactly. but, um, no, I think it has a hundred kids in it. So there was a different church locally that was like, Hey, we'll take the overflow and start a co-op here for the first time. Yeah. So that's the one that I did. And yes, it was like, here, just send your check. There was no interview process where the one with the hundred kids in it does have an interview process. So it, I, I have, I enjoyed it. I did, but, um, I signed up to teach. I stupidly just said, sign me up for whatever. And they put me in for gym and I'm like, I literally sat (laughs) in the weight room, just sat in the corner and talked with my friends during all of gym. So like, this is not what I was, but, um, it, it went all right, but it was stressful for me because there were so few kids in it. And it was like, I got the smaller children for a half an hour and then the middle-aged kids for a half an hour and the older kids for actually an hour. So, and it was, there was only two of the older kids. So it was like, what am I going to do in a gym class? And I didn't have that homeschool mentality, which now that I've, kind of done it, you know, did the session there, there are like youth group activities that I had, wasn't wrapping my mind around then, but you know, uh, so I was like, how do you play dodgeball for an hour with two kids? Right. And I was getting so stressed out that I wasn't even thinking about like, what was my son there to do the whole day? So he switched classes and it was, um, you know, it, it was really nice. He did arts and crafts. Uh, he did Bible study. He did, my gym class, um, a couple other things that were really cool in nature group. So like it overall, it was a nice experience, but it was also their very first time as this co-op. So I think it'll get smoother. And if I don't teach gym, it'll be a lot better. (laughs) Yeah. None of my, that was the one thing is that I didn't want any pressure on the moms because a lot of our moms there's, it's like pretty much equal. There's some veteran homeschooling moms, but there were a lot that were new. And I was like, I don't want you guys to have the pressure to have to create these lessons. I want your first year to be smooth sailing. I know you're going to have pickups in the road. You don't need another one by adding something you have to do weekly. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I would teach anyway. This doesn't bother me to teach in lesson plan. Like it actually fills my cup to do it. So let me do it and take that burden off of you. And our class is very different. It's one class. There's not, which I love the aspect of co-op to offer so many. But for me, the one thing that I really wanted was all of these kids to learn how to work together. Because when you homeschool, a lot of the time you're working with your siblings, Mm -hmm. whereas you don't get the choice or really the chance to work with other kids that aren't your siblings unless you join a co-op. And so our co-op is all STEAM based. So it's all hands-on learning and I will give them a challenge. And for instance, during Thanksgiving, we did, I read a book about a turkey hiding from the farmer. I forget what it's called. And their challenge question was, you guys need to create a hideout for the turkey that he can hide in until Thanksgiving's over. (laughs) And so I have a whole table of supplies. I don't tell them what they can use or how to do it. They go in groups of two and they have to draw a blueprint of what they're doing. And then I okay it because they have to have something on that paper and they go for it. They do it all on their own. And a couple of the moms stay in and we walk around and like assess like if they need help or not. 
majority of the time, it's a lot of me sitting down and being like, you guys both have great ideas, but I don't want two different turkey houses or hideouts. I need one. And so you guys have to come together. And it has been so cool to watch from the first class in September to now. Now I'm like, wow, like it's actually working. Like they're actually catching on to what I was hoping they would, but you just never know. And it's been so cool to just watch them because the first class they could barely work together. And now they like want to keep going when I'm like, okay, guys, it's time to clean up. And they're like, no, we don't want to stop. <laughs> That's cool. So each, each week it's a different project that you have them do and work together. And like yep. they have to come up with one idea and kind of, uh, yeah. What do you call that? Like the brain, what's the word I'm looking for? Brainstorm on what the best idea would be. Yep. That's cool. A lot of the time I'll hook it with a book. So a lot of the time I'll hook it with a book like this, um, this week, it I'm reading the book, The Biggest Snowman. And we'll talk about it. I'll go through the book because I think it's good to do read aloud still because that was something that's it's really good for kids to be able to discuss a book and understand even if they can't read yet. And so I'll hook them with a with a book and what it's about. And then I'll go in and be like, okay, guys, here's your challenge question. And we'll talk about the engineering and design process. And I'll tell them like this week, it's I have all of these materials. Your challenge is um, who can build the biggest snowman out of the materials I give you. And it's going to be a pan of fake snow. And they're just going to go at it and create something with their pair. And they try to build the biggest, like tallest snowman. Oh, that's and so cool. there's no really like, yeah, it's not really anything to where it's like they have to sit down and listen to a lecture. It's really let's read a book to catch them and get them interested. And then let's give them all the creativity um, choices they want. But the hardest part for them in the beginning was realizing that both people can have both kids can have great ideas. But somehow you got to put them together mm -hmm. because I think that that like my husband's job, like he always talks and he's like, man, like people just really don't know how to work together anymore. Like nobody knows how to collaborate with one another. And like it yeah. sparked like, OK, I need to do this because even in public school, they don't you don't really get to work hands on in projects with another child. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to do this. I don't want to have to I don't want to teach them with them sitting down. I want them to be hands on. And my biggest thing I said to all the parents is, I don't want to teach them how to learn. I want them to teach themselves how to do it because that's how they're going to learn the best. I don't want to have to be like, this is, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. No, I want to be like, here's your stuff. Now you guys come together and do it yourself and I'll be there if you need help. And majority of the time I'll sit down when I can see two kind of like bickering back and forth and I'll be like, listen you know, that I don't want two of these things. I need one. And they'll kind of sigh at me. And then I'll be like, so you have a great idea and you have a great idea. But I bet that you could put those ideas together because they're not much different. And I bet you can make one together. And they like, you just see the light bulb click. And they're mm. like, okay. And it's, it starts with tears and then it ends with like, we passed our challenge. Like we did it. And it's, it's very rewarding for me. But yeah, it, it's been, it's been so cool. It's been awesome. All right. Well, sure. maybe for the spring session, I can sign up for like, what do you, project coordinator? <laughs> I don't know if that's, yeah. I could call the class, but this sounds awesome. And you are so yeah. right. It, it, it gets them up moving, gets all the center and the creating something. So they get that dopamine hit that they, you know, makes them think outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, it makes them think outside the box because in the system, you have to think in a box. Yeah. And with this, they really they have to think outside that box and they have to become learners instead of followers. And it's really cool. It's that really is cool so awesome. And is there anything else yeah. that our hour is already up? I, I feel like it yeah. just went by so fast. But <laughs> anything is. that you like wanted to make sure that you touched upon while we were chatting today? No. We did I talk think about that a lot. was everything. I love your co-op. We idea. did. Yeah, I'm definitely going to implement that, and and yeah. I am uh, gonna start asking my son what he would like to learn about. I really love that idea. It's like the best thing. Sometimes, not gonna lie, it's very far fetched what they want to learn about. It's like the most minuscule, like, and you're kind of like, oh man, seriously, I don't know if I can find stuff for this, but <laughs> it's totally it 
just to see the smiles on their faces when the next week you have a unit study on what they want to learn about and they don't push back about it either. Which so is you like do a whole unit study. You I don't know. just like pull it up on Google and say, this is what it is. You do a whole project. No, and I do a whole unit study. I did an earthworm unit study for an entire week and made fake mud, a sensory bin, and they played with it. They clean up themselves. I had worksheets he did. And yeah, that was our first one ever. It was Ooh. worth it. <laughs> I got my work cut out for me. Yeah. I love that though. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anna. This has been such a yeah. pleasure. You're um, congrats to you on yeah. the co-op and to all the families that have involved you. in that and just homeschooling. You know, it looks like thank sounds you. like you really did the right the right thing and followed your heart and it's paying off. So yeah. thank you. And thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. If you've enjoyed what you heard and you'd like to contribute to the show, please consider leaving a small tip using the link in my show's description. Or, if you'd rather, please use the link in the description to share this podcast with a friend or on your favorite Homeschool Group Facebook page. Any effort to help us keep the podcast going is greatly appreciated. Thank you for tuning in and for your love of the next generation.